Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. This podcast is all about faith, family, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. My name is Caleb Gordon. I am your host. You can find out more about me at calebgordon.org. I'm so excited that you guys are along for the ride today. Um, this last week, I did some traveling. And as I traveled in the car, I, I asked a couple friends, do you recommend any good podcasts to listen to on the drive? Because I, I do I do like to listen to podcasts as much as I can. I just... I. I don't get a lot of time to do that, but man, I, I got to this week and listened to a couple different co- podcasts from a couple different folks. One's called Blurry Creatures, and the other one's called Haunted Cosmos. And it, they're all about the, the strange and the weird things of the world and how there is biblical explanation for these things. And I, the thing that really got me thinking as I listen to this podcast is these podcasts plural was how there is a cosmic battle at play how how there is a battle that's that's raging in the cosmos for the hearts and minds of humanity and he who shall not be named the enemy is is at work. Now, I, I'm not one of those guys that says, "Well, we're going to blame it on say Satan made me do it, the devil made me do it." I'm not that guy. Uh, quite to the contrary, I, I believe that we have sin nature. We're born depraved, and we have sin nature. But I, I got to thinking about this: that the enemy hates us. The enemy hates us, and he he wants to see us destroyed. And he knows he can't destroy God, so he he does whatever he can to just malign and destroy creation. And I, I got to thinking about this week. In the news, a couple things took place this last week in the news that really struck me as a pastor, as a Christian, just really struck my mind and my heart. Um, and they're they're tied together. In a in a very interesting thread, and they're not tied together the way you think they're going to be tied together. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, they're tied together. And so what I want to do today is I want to try to help us understand a couple different things, and I want us to see a couple different things from a, a biblical worldview. I want to see some things in such a way that that I I believe um, can help shed some light on the, the current chaos that is in our culture. And, and I, want to, I want to, at the end of this, I want to point us towards some hope. I don't want to leave us on a cliffhanger and make us feel just rotten, because that's what the enemy loves. I, I want to show some, some harrowing news, but I want to point us towards there's, there's hope at the end of this. So I'm looking forward to sharing these news stories with you. And if you... Um, are enjoying this podcast, I, I just ask that you'd, wherever, however you're listening to it, whether it's on SoundCloud or iTunes or, or wherever you're at, man, love for your subscription. Love to, you, love to have you jump on board and, and just share this podcast with friends. Um, that way, more biblical information is getting out. There's, I just don't feel like there's a problem 
when there's more biblical information getting out into the airwaves. So share this information. I would love to, love to see that happen. I do want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. These guys are such great partners and, and they just, they help us out so much. Um, Christmas is coming up. Holidays are here. Get yourself something incredible. You can, listen, gift cards are fantastic from this place. Uh, they're easy to get. Outpostcoffeeco.com. That's outpostcoffeeco.com. Okay. So I want to jump into the first story. I saw this, a friend of mine texted this to me. Um, uh, it was during the evening this last week and I had a friend drop this in my, in a, in a text message. And he said, did you see this headline? It's just, oh my goodness, it's so heartbreaking. A street preacher in Arizona, American street preacher uh, in Arizona was in the street preaching, doing some, it's like on the street, street preaching. And while he's doing this in Glendale, Arizona, in America, this is not Saudi Arabia, not Israel, not Iran. This is in Glendale, Arizona. Um, a congregation is expressing shock after a religious leader, their street preacher, was shot in the head while preaching on a Glendale street corner on Wednesday night. In an update on Friday morning, Glendale police say 26-year-old Hanas Schmidt, a husband, father of two, is in critical condition. He remains in critical condition. And it happened on the northwest corner of 51st and Peoria in Glendale, Arizona on Wednesday evening. And, and listen, friends and um, say it just... It's outrageous. Friends say it happened as a former military combat medic was standing with a megaphone on a street corner preaching the gospel to people passing by. Something that he had done quite often. Countless times he has done this. This time someone pulled out a gun and shot him in the head. That, that's the news story. And you don't see this on the mainstream news. If this was um, a member of the LGBTQ community, if this was a trans person, if this was any other human being, if this was somebody from Hamas, if this was any other group, this would be mainstream media. There would be calls for guns to be wiped off the planet. There would be all, I mean, all the things. And it is a heartbreaking story. And... That's story number one. Story number two is interesting because I want you to see this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. There is a, there is a text that Paul writes to Timothy. He's a pastor. He says this, but understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, I want you guys to see this because this, remember that text. 
in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Because news story number 2 has a connection. I'll tell you why here in a minute. Uh, but this is story number 2. There's a Christian couple, Doug and Nancy Wilson. They're out of Moscow, Idaho. They did a podcast this week on Christian parenting. And, and the wife, Nancy Wilson, made some remarks about... Um, about parenting and, and more specifically about spanking and, and how she spanked her daughter for an offense that she had. And everyone has taken this clip and they've chopped it up and they've not given the whole podcast. You know, they do, the, they do what people do and they, they take the podcast and they snip it up into small little bites and they, they turn it into this, this hit piece and everybody in the comments says, oh my goodness, this is abuse. I can't believe they didn't take these children away. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. They just, uh, just as the, the tweets just continue to fill up and it's just chaos. And the videos had over three or close to three million views by now. And it's just insane. What they don't understand is Doug and Nancy Wilson's kids are all grown. And this is where I like to just try to Say that, listen, discipline was created by God. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11 tells us that discipline is from the Lord. And if you're not disciplined, you're not one of his children. Heard somebody say this not too long ago, that, hey, we're all children of God. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're all creations of God, but there's only a select few that are children of God. Now, you can get in. How do you get in? Repent to believe the gospel. That's that's how you get in and be a child of his. But Discipline was created by God. It's from the Lord. And, and Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 11, says, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood, and have you have completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his sons. Now, this is a, this, it's talking about how fathers are to address their sons. This is, and, and just side note, fathers are mostly absent in the home. So we don't have fathers that are teaching their children how to be men, how men should act and how women should act. We don't have fathers doing that. It's, it's an epidemic of fatherlessness in America. He continues, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens every one he accepts as his sons. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their fathers? It's a question. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not a legitimate, you're not a legitimate child, not a true son or a daughter at all, according to the text. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respect them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? Now, I want you guys to see this. The internet is blowing up this idea that, that these parents who disciplined their children when they were young are abusers. And the proof is in the pudding. You have to look at Doug's kids now. Doug's grown up, with or grown these kids up. He's now grandfather. 
These kids are thriving. His, his daughter is thriving. These children are thriving. Why? Because they had loving discipline. That and here's not only did they discipline them for the, the the sins that they committed, they also backed that up with a relationship. They backed that up with not just rules, but rules with the relationship. And so you see this relationship now coming to fruition as adults. I mean, they gather and have regular times of feast together. They have regular things where they gather as a family and fellowship together. When parents discipline their kids well, there's fruit on the back end of that. And and, and I, I listen, I have four children and I have had to discipline all four of them. And three of my children are grown adults now. And I have, I just spent the weekend with my kids and they're all in a couple different places. And we all gathered together for the weekend, had a fantastic time, great fellowship, good food, laughed till we just couldn't laugh anymore, played games. It was fantastic. Now, you back that up 20 years. And all the hardships of being a parent, ma- making the choices to have discipline, spanking the kids when they needed it, grounding them when they needed it. Now, listen, I'm not a guy that says spankings need to be happening on every account. Not everything is a spanking offense, but there are some, and it is definitely needed. And guess what? I I got spankings as a kid, and I gave them as a parent. And and this is this is why we have. So here you say, oh, Caleb, how in the world are you going to connect these two stories? Here's how I'm going to connect these two stories. Remember what I read in First Second Timothy chapter three. There, there. Listen, what these difficult times are coming. They're lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, disobedient to parents. Why are they disobedient to parents? Because they've not had parents to discipline them. Parents, what you're doing by not disciplining your children is you are setting them up to turn into chaos-driven just thugs. Parents who let their kids get away with whatever they want. Kids letting their kids have whatever they want, do whatever they want, helicoptering these, these kids. And not actually sitting down and taking that. And listen, I know that it takes time to discipline them. And here, I'm not saying just go in and slash and beat and whip and do all this. I'm not, that's abuse. I'm not saying that. But there's a, there is a place and a time for corporal punishment. That chat, that word in Hebrews chapter 12, talking about chastisement, that is, that is Greek for spanking. That it, it, it it's a time for whooping sometimes. And it's, listen. There's nothing wrong with that. We live in a culture that has demonized spanking and turned it into what we like to call abuse. And it's not. And and the evidence, the evidence is our culture. Look at our children. Look at our kids. They are chaos-driven, narcissistic to the core. They're, as the scriptures say, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. They're slanderous, without self-control. They're brutal, and they do not love good. They're treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is the culture at large right now. The the majority of Generation Z and whatever the next generation that's coming up, I don't even know what it, the next one is, these kids are chaotic messes. Our public school system is a zoo. In fact, the zoo is more in control than the public school system. Zookeepers have a better handle on the animals in the zoo than we do 
on the children in our public education system, where they are just unleashing hell itself in the hallways. And yet we have Christians who think that we need to put, leave, I don't, I'm going to leave little Johnny in there so they can do whatever, you know, I want him to, I want him to be socialized. I want him to be social. You people that want to homeschool your kids, they're, you're, you, how are they going to, how are they going to adapt to so, socially? Listen, I, I am growing in this idea that, man, you as a Christian have got to pull your kids out of the public education system. It is a psychotic mess. You know, I just can't afford to put my kids in private school. Yes, you can. You can figure out a way. The, the amount of lattes you buy in a month, the, the amount of time, stuff you spend your money on. Like, I'm, I'm having a rant now. But I'm just, like, your, your kids' hearts are at stake. And here's what's happening. We're putting kids in systems that are teaching them pagan ideologies. We're not putting our kids in institutions that are teaching our kids Christian worldviews. We're putting our kids in institutions that are absolutely corrupting their minds. And we think putting them in church for an hour a week is going to fix it. And I made this rant last week. Putting little Johnny in a room full of other little Johnnies without other, other, other older godly men in the room that are teaching and discipling, you're just... It's not working. The modern youth ministry model is not working. It is a chaotic mess. The evidence is there. It's clear. You Putting your kids in uh, on Sundays for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, and then on Wednesdays for two hours, isn't cutting it because they're sitting under a pagan ideology system day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. And what you're doing as a parent is you're, you're seeing the end results of what happened to this Christian pastor. Christian pastor is preaching the gospel on a street corner as he's always done. And this, this young man has a rage moment where he is without self-control. He is brutal. He is reckless. He is swollen with conceit and a lover of pleasure and he's treacherous and he shoots this guy in the head because he is preaching a message that says yes you are a sinner and you need to repent of your sins and you need to trust in the god in the god who can set you free and save you from your sin and that young man is more in love with his sin than he is with the idea of a savior who can redeem him from his sins and, and so here's I, like I said, I started this saying I, I listened to this podcast about um, from uh, Blurry Creatures and from The Haunting Cosmos. And the idea that I kept coming back to is there is a ferocious cosmic, uh, cosmic battle that is, that is happening in real time. And our children are on the chopping block. And what we are doing as parents, for the most part, is we're scrolling our phones and we're not paying attention to the reality of what's going on around us. And we need to change. We we need to change our mindset. We have got to change our mindset. You say, Caleb, I just like suffering's inevitable. It's going to happen. Here's what we need: congregations, the 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 congregations of the world in which we live. 
listen, you're in trying times, and we need strong preachers who are going to stand in their pulpits and tell their congregations the gravity of what's going on, the reality of what's going on, and call Christians to follow Christ and repent of their sins. And that's that's what we have here. Here's here's the hope. We got to stop playing games in the church world and in, and in Christendom. And we have got to get serious about the things of eternity. Biblical faith that will lead us to life everlasting. And here's what we're doing when we're not disciplining our kids. We're not teaching them and showing them that there is discipline from a, from a heavenly father, from, from a God from the God of the universe. He disciplines those he loves. And here's the deal. He's going to discipline you now to save you from the wrath to come. Those who are not experiencing discipline, scripture says you're an illegitimate, or even some translations go a little bit stronger, say you're a bastard child. You're, You're without fathers. We're in a season of mercy. But here's what's happening. If you're not experiencing God's discipline in your life, if God is not convicting you over your sins, if the Holy Spirit is not nailing you for your sins and saying, hey, 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 you you can't go that direction. You can't do that. You say, there's no problems in my life. I don't feel any type of way about my sin. I don't don't feel any kind of remorse. I'm going to tell you this. You're not a child of God. And you are now, rather than the discipline of God now in this life, you are accruing wrath for later that will be meted out to you for all eternity. And listen, Satan doesn't care how he gets you as long as he gets you. If he can get you to pay attention to everything else, ball games. Like this is a huge one for me. I I have preached on this going on 15, 16 years. Like the fascination we have with the dedication to sports. As opposed to, I'm not saying sports are bad. I'm just saying the unhealthy obsession that we have with sports is bad. It's evil. The unhealthy obsession with sports is evil. Why? Because you're being distracted and you don't even realize it. The battle in the cosmos is raging, and what are we doing? We're paying attention to our favorite teams. Why? And I get why we're doing it because we see the chaos around us, and we just want to get, we want to numb ourselves to it, and we we want to be entertained to some degree because we're tired of seeing the chaos. But listen to this: we are in the midst of chaos. It's happening in real time, but the hope is in Romans chapter five. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we now we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of God in the glo- in the hope of the glory in the hope of the glory of God. Not only this, but we rejoice in the sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Like, 
this is what we need to be thinking about. That we have access. But listen, I know in this in real time, you're going to suffer. And suffering is going to produce character. And character is going to produce hope. And this hope is not going to put you to shame. This hope is actually going to welcome you in to an eternal life. And what we're doing is we're sacrificing our children by not disciplining them, not taking... And listen, listen, this is what I did. This is what my dad did. When you lash out in your in your discipline, that's not helpful. Now, did I do that? Yep. Have I? Am I perfect in my discipline? I'm not going to stand here and say, oh, listen, I did it all right every time. I did not do it right every time. But here's what I wanted to do. I always wanted to point my kids towards the redemption and forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the reason you did the things you did was because you're sinful. You're a sinful kid. Just like I'm a sinful dad. And you need to repent of your sins. And you need to ask Christ to forgive you. What you did was wrong. And Christ is the only one who can forgive you. And, and so that was the hope that I that I pressed out. That's the that's the the idea that I pushed out into the into my kids' minds because that's what was put into my minds. And it's wild because as my kids have gotten older, like I have had so many conversations with so many different people who say, Caleb, I, I don't know what you did, but man, your kids are such good kids. They're so respectful. They're so, they have a hunger and a thirst for things that are just not normal in our culture. And I just love your kids. They're so great to talk to. They're so respectful. They're so, they honor people. They honor um, conversations. They honor different things. Why is that? Because Christ was at the center of our parenting. Like I said, I didn't do it perfectly, but we always pointed our kids towards the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it takes time and effort. And I know that most parents are exhausted with the world and you don't want to take time and you give them a screen. Listen, there is a cosmic battle and the enemy is at work. And he's wanting to distract to the point where you can just be distracted long enough. And get, listen, he's not against religion. In fact, that is in 2 Timothy chapter 3. At the end of that, it says, listen, they have a form of godliness. Verse 6, or I'm sorry, verse 5. They have an appearance of godliness. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Scripture says to avoid these people. Like, there's so many people out there who think they know Jesus who think they know what it looks like to follow Christ. And, and we're not doing it. And we think that the lack of discipline in our life from the Lord is a, is a sign of blessing from the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, it's not. If you're not actively being disciplined by the Lord over your sin, there's a problem. And listen, when I sin, it bothers me. Not because I, oh, you got caught. No, because I keep going through my mind. I have wounded the heart of God. I have done something that has broken his law and it grieves my heart. And I hate that I did that. And I don't want to do that. And listen, I know that we all do stupid things. Romans chapter seven, Paul tells us, he, I do the very thing I hate. I get that. But the idea here is if you're not grieving over your sin, if you're not upset over your sin, don't say you're a child of God because you're not. If you can sin and it doesn't bother you, you're on your way to hell and you don't even realize it. And you're so arrogant that you think, oh, not me. 
I'm an American. I'm a Christian. I live in the Midwest. I uh, I live in the, the, the Bible belt of the country. I'm not going to hell. Because I'm a good guy. I, I'm, I don't do anything bad. We've all broken God's law. Romans chapter 3 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, Romans chapter 6 says that we deserve death. But here's the good news. Christ has made a way to set us free. Set us free. That's the idea in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace which now we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's our hope. So there's the connection. If we're not disciplining our children now and pointing them towards the things of Christ now and taking the time when they're little, start disciplining your kids when they're little. Start spending that when they do something that's wrong, discipline them and follow through on your discipline. Follow through. You say you're going to take their iPad away. You're going to listen. I would say if you can avoid screens as long as you can. I didn't do that perfectly. I have not done that perfectly. My kids had screens way earlier than they probably should have. But when you say you're going to take somebody's screen away from them, take it away. Make them do something other than look at the screen. Say, listen, instead of reading a screen, pick up a book. You're going to help clean the house. You're going to do something other than look at that stinking screen. That That's it. And, and follow through with it. And then make sure you're you're explaining that sin is the reason you want to do these things. Your heart's wicked. You need to repent of your sins. You need to trust the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do that when they're young, you don't have to deal with that near as much when they're older. Now, I know that people go, oh, I've got an example here where that is. Okay, I get it. But this is by and large the, the majority of the thing. If you teach your kids biblical standards, they won't depart from them. They won't depart from them. They just won't. They'll they'll stick with what they're supposed to do. They're not gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna follow through with 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 the idea of of actually doing what they're supposed to do. In uh, Proverbs chapter twenty-two, verse six. Just Google that and found that real quick. Direct your child into the right path. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when he's older, he won't depart from it. There it is. Now, so kill. That's that's not work for me. I did, I tried. Okay. Uh, if you, uh, Listen, like I said, there's examples where that's the truth. But this is, by and large, the, the idea. I'm not saying this is a foolproof scripture that, listen... If you do this every time, it's going to work every time. This is a proverb. This is this is guidelines for how you should be doing things. Train up a child in the path of righteousness. You gotta you gotta you gotta be doing it in order for them to, to do it. These these parents who say, "Oh, I did everything I could for little Johnny." No, you didn't. You didn't go to church as often as you should. You didn't open the scriptures as often as you should. You didn't pray with them in the evenings. You like to think you did, but you really didn't. Repent where you can, and then start on that path. Get busy. Train up your children so that they're not hoodlums later in life. I'm telling you, there is hope. 
but you gotta put in the time. You gotta spend the effort, and I'm telling you, it'll change your life. By the way, I would recommend checking out Haunted Cosmos and Blurry Creatures. It is a fascinating podcast on the strange and the weird. They are not a paid sponsor. I just, uh, I listened to three or four episodes as I drove this weekend and uh, really enjoyed it. So I think you will too. Um, Blessings on y'all. Hope you have a great week.